We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome to Fireside Chat with Dr. June Knight. is Melanie Holsey. Uh, she's in Nashville, Tennessee. She's a praise and worship leader. And I'm very thankful for her letting me listen to this, play this music on the air. This morning, we are studying materialism. And now that uh, I'm not rushed for time, we should be able to get this really good today. I'm getting everything set up and giving people time to sign in. Thank you, Jesus, for us tearing down these idols today. Tearing down these idols in our nation. And, Brian, I don't know if you saw um, the video that I showed of New York City when I was standing in front of the Statue of Liberty, that's what I was doing, is um, confront, that's when I had this open vision of the idols, because the Statue of Liberty had the uh, tablet in one hand and the flame in the other, and I was telling the church then, I'm like, church, this is what we're facing in our country, is that the children of Israel, the children of America have created these idols in front of God's eyes. Of all these different things. So we've got to tear these idols down. And that's what we're doing through this 40 day praying and fasting initiative. Is we are speaking to these things. Telling them you got to go in our country. In Jesus name. And we're repenting. We're repenting to God. Getting real with him. And telling him God we have transgressed you. We have done this. We recognize this. So we're asking you to forgive us Lord. And that's what we're doing, church. And it's been amazing. Today we're on day number 22. And it's amazing what God is doing. And so, um, I'm going to wait just a few more minutes for people to sign on while I'm getting all my paperwork together. Let's just praise Him for a minute. Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy, Lord. Worthy of it all. That's the greatest honor, Lord, is to be able to pray and talk to you. On behalf of our peoples, on behalf of the American people, on behalf of the body of Christ, Lord. It is such an honor <clears throat> to do this, Lord. And especially to be able to do it today, live on air. In front of your people's Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Okay, bride, listen. 
Uh, let's go ahead and say a moment of prayer and then we're going to get started, okay? Yes, I know that, Linda, for sure. There is people praying all over the nation. What an honor. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together today, Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way. Uh, you are worthy to be praised, Lord. And we ask you to lead us and guide us today through this Bible study, Lord. Tear down the idols, Holy Spirit, in all of our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bride. Today we are focusing on the idol of materialism. Possessions. And this is what we said on this idol today. Uh, the body of Christ's love of material things. We will hold on to them and cause us not to obey the Lord when he wants us to release them to someone else. So this is what we said today. Today we repent on behalf of the body of Christ seeking after possessions and material gain. We reject theology which would cause us to lust after worldly things. When God says, if you love this world more than you love me, then you're not worthy of the kingdom. If you love the world, this means material things too. Nothing we have is ours. Nothing. It's all God's. We cannot have the things in our hearts like we own them. God owns them. If he wants them back, then he can ask us to give it away or something else. We must be willing to let go at any time when God requires. When he uses our material things, oh, when we use our material things to flaunt and to press down the poor because we have these things, then woe unto us. Are we greedy? Do we share? Do we have a generous spirit? Are we a hoarder? It's mine, mine, all mine. This is a sin. We repent, Lord, for allowing material things to rule us. We repent for placing our identity in the new things. We place our worth on earth upon things. We judge others due to their things. We rise up in pride because we have and judge those that have not. We see the needs of others and do not help because we do not want to share. Your word says that if we have it within our power to help and we don't, then we will be held accountable for that. We do recognize that it's about based on obedience. You may not tell us to give a person something, but if you do and we do not obey uh, and ignore your wooing, then it's a God to us. It's an idol. Forgive us for this, Lord. Forgive us for preferring others above ourselves, above other people because of their material possessions. Forgive us for giving them the best seat in the house, both in the church and in our hearts. Help us to get our priorities in order. Help us, Lord, to see the less fortunate. Help us to go to the homeless shelters and the streets to love on those that don't have material possessions. Maybe they choose not to be ruled by material things. Who knows? But help us to love them in their lack. Anything we refuse to release is an idol to us. Help us to have hearts to release and let go when you tell us to. You want a bride that you can use as conduits so that you can help the needy. Help us to come out of our selfish ways and over-the-top prosperity thinking to where we think we are not blessed until we have more, more, more. It's not in the material things, Lord. It's in the beauty of you every day. Like being able to breathe again. The birds, our families, our richness in relationship with you. We identify ourselves in you and not our material things. Amen, Brian. That is the truth. We want to have our identity in Christ. Amen. 
Okay, so let me read this. Okay, what does the Bible say about materialism? Well, Luke twelve fifteen, he told the people, Be careful to guard yourselves from every kind of greed. Life is not about having a lot of material possessions. 1 John two sixteen through 17 For everything that is in the world, the desire for fleshly gratification, the desire for possessions and worldly arrogance is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world and its desires are fading away. But the person who does God's will remains forever. Lord, help us to do your will. Proverbs twenty seven twenty, Just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. 1 Timothy 6, 9-10 But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Lord, help us not to be uh, bound up by material things, not to have our identity in material things, Lord. James 4, 2-4 You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Lord, we pray right now. We examine our hearts that we will not be an enemy of God, that we will be friends with God, that we will not love the world more than we love God, and that His Word, come on now, His Word will trump every time. It will rise up above every situation every time. His Word is the truth. Amen. And then when we consider uh, materialism, we must consider vanity. Because you can be vain with materialism. You know what I mean? Vainness is like just, I don't even know how to explain it. Let's see what the word says. Ecclesiastes 6.9 Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless like chasing the wind. Ecclesiastes 5.10-11 Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth? Except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers. Ecclesiastes 2.11 But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile about it. Ecclesiastes 4.8 this is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asked himself, Who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It's all so meaningless and depressing. Well, let me tell you, Brad. Let's see. Let's see. This is four and a half, so I'd say four years ago. The Lord made me travel for a year and a half, and I prayed for people on their deathbed through a hospice program. And let me tell you, when they was on their deathbed, they was like, please go give me that beautiful house. I want to die with the key to my house. Please give me my car keys. Oh, I love that car. I want to have it with me in the casket. Oh, please, my career was so awesome. Ah, oh, who cares if I lost all my kids because I never spent time with them. It was all about my career. That is vain, see. On their deathbed, they're not saying that. On their deathbed, they're saying, where is my family? What was worth living for? My family. God. That's what means anything to them. And sometimes family members will wait. They will be in a coma. And they will wait until their loved ones arrive before they leave the earth. 
It's like they don't have peace in their spirit unless they can hear that last I love you or something and then they leave. It's really amazing when you see the, you know, the natural process of death. So they're not looking for material things to leave the earth, okay? They look for what matters, family. Where is my son? Where is my daughter? Where is my husband? Where is my wife? Where is my mom? Where is my dad? That's what matters in the end. Hebrews 13, 5. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Mark 4, 19. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Sometimes people become materialistic trying to compete with others and by envying the lifestyle of other materialistic people. Now, when we prayed today in our group, we prayed about this prosper prosperity gospel. It's not that prosperity is wrong. Please hear my heart and please hear the team's heart. It's not that we're knocking the prosperity gospel. God does want us to be prosperous and be in health. No, it's knocking the over-the-top where they go overboard with it with greediness. That is what we're saying. It's going over the top. Okay, so uh, seeking satisfaction in things will lead you to despair. Only in Christ will you ever find true satisfaction. So let's look at Isaiah 55 too. Why do you spend money on what you cannot nourish? What cannot nourish you and your wages on what do not satisfy you? Listen carefully to me. Eat what is good and enjoy the best foods. John 4, 13-14. Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. See, that's what he's saying. If they will, if they will seek after the living water, I will satisfy them. Did you know that some people have addictions to shopping? Some people have addictions to material things. And it's where their image is so uh, engraved in their head, their longing. Maybe they have a spirit of rejection. But their longing of the approval of society and of other people. So they will buy, buy, buy so that they will look good and, and uh, you know, like this image that they're wanting to place of their self um, in front of others. But see, I'm just going to share a little story with you, Brad. And this is a bad thing that I did, so I'm confessing. Um, when I was in Bible college, okay, when I was in Bible college back in 2005, uh, I went to Bible college with Rob Parsley in 2005 and 2006. I was in Bible college with both of my sons. What an honor, huh? Both of my sons were preachers. At that time, I didn't think I was called to preach. I was just singing. I was thinking I was going to be a praise and worship leader. Uh, when I was in my young 20s, I used to travel and sing all the time. And the country music industry back then tried to get me to sign a contract, but I was like, Pfft. I got to sing for the Lord, so I didn't. Okay, but anyway, so going to Bible college, I was studying praise and worship leadership. And one time, uh, we had to wear suits every day to Bible college, so I had one ugly dress. It was orange, lime green, yellow, and all the ugliest colors you could think of, especially on a big woman, these big flowers. Big women do not wear flowers, let me tell you. And this morning, I thought, well, I'm in the choir, and I wear a choir robe, so I'm going to hide my dress. We arrive at the church at 8 o'clock. We go up in the stall, which is right above Pastor Parsley's right here. There's the choir loft up here. And when the cameras float up there on the top, all it sees is our head, see? So I thought, well, I'm going to hide in this dress because we leave after the congregation leaves, so nobody will see me in this ugly dress. Now, see, back then, this is going to be hard to believe, Brad, but back then I wore flashy earrings and all these uh, rings and big jewelry, you know, and I was like a diva. I thought I was like a diva. 
I, I didn't realize it, but I was so vain, okay? I took a lot of pride in how I dress. Not that we shouldn't take pride in how I dress, but anyways. So I get up there to the choir, and the choir director says, We're not singing in our choir robes today. I was like, oh, okay, well, at least we're up here behind the thing, so all I just see is my face. And then he said, and we're singing down front on the platform. I was like, no! So I thought, okay, when I got down there on the platform, I would stand in between. It was like a hundred-member choir. So I was in the middle, and I thought, I'll get in the middle and hide. So we was up there singing, rocking back and forth, you know. We was one of them rocking choirs, which I love choirs, and I love singing in choirs. So we was up there rocking back and forth. And then he said, and we're going to sit in front of Pastor Parsley in the congregation. I'm like, no! <laughs> I mean, let me tell you, the horror of it, being out there where everybody can see what I look like. I'm telling you, Brian, it was horrible. So we go and sit in front of Pastor Parsley, and I'm sitting out there, and I'm trying so hard to hide. Pastor Carrie, hello, hello, Karen. We're talking about being vain, and I'm sharing a story of how God rebuked me for being vain. So I was in the choir, and I was hiding in between all the choir members. So Pastor Parsley was up there on the platform, and he goes, We need church buses. I need to raise money today because I need another bus. So, I knew he was telling the truth because I was one of his drivers. So, I looked at him and I said, Amen, Pastor. You know, thinking it'd be just a flyby thought. He stopped. Listen, he stopped and he goes, You, stand up. And I was like, I hope to God he's not talking to me. And he said, You, Knight, stand up. I was like, No. <laughs> I mean, like my worst nightmare. I stood up, and he said, I want everybody around her to sit down. <laughs> Listen, everybody around me sits down. He says, I want all cameras on her. I was like, no. I'm telling you, I'm about to literally have a panic attack and die. I couldn't believe what was happening. This is global television, Okay. I looked up, and, you know, he has all these big screens behind him. This sanctuary is like 6,000 people. All these big flashes. All I saw was orange, lime, green, and yellow across the uh, TV screens. I was like in my worst nightmare. I was like, oh, my God, I'm on global television in this dress. I'm like horrified beyond belief. And so he says... Pastor Parsley says, this woman, she volunteers more than anybody. She's our high school cheerleading coach. She's won championships, and she's this, and she's that. And I'm over there like, I'm, I'm seriously like out of my mind in fright. I mean, seriously. Like, this was my worst absolute nightmare. And then, <laughs> and then here comes Mama Parsley, his, his mama. She runs up there on a platform and she goes, have her come up here and tell the whole world what God did to bring her up here. And I, <laughs> listen, I looked at him like, oh my God, if you call me up there, I, I was like, I am going to die. And he looked at me, he was going to do it. And he looked at me and he saw the fright on my face and he goes, Maybe some other time. I was like, oh my gosh. Listen, I sat down. Horrified is not the word for it. I can't explain. Horrified is not the word for it. So after service, I had a thousand people. <laughs> thousand people come up to meet me. And they was like, hi, it's nice to meet you. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I looked horrible. And so I went home and burned that dress. Let me tell you, I burned it. <laughs> the one day, one day that I dressed like that is the day I got put on global television. So I'm thinking, oh my God, I got spared from being up on global TV in this dress. So here we are 12 years later. Let's see. 
That was 2005. That was my first semester in college, too. What about that? Okay, so that was 2005 and then 2013. So how many years is that? Eight years. Eight years later. I am in the prayer closet. Let me tell you what happens. The Lord told me, surrender all and quit running because I had to leave Bible college. I got real sad and went into seven years of misery. And then the Lord said, you get on your face and get right with me. This was after I graduated my master's degree. He said, you get on your face and get right with me. And when I did, one time I was down in the woods. And I, I love praying in the woods. I'm Cherokee Indian. I love praying outside. Let me tell you what God told me. I was out there praying. I was all in the spirit, you know. And all of a sudden, the Lord told me, you're vain. I said, what? He said, you're vain. I'm like, how am I vain? You know, because I did not see myself vain at all. But of course, I'm comparing myself to other people, right? So I'm like, I'm not vain. He said, do you remember what you did to Rob Parsley in Bible college? And he flashed it all back in my head what happened that day. And I'm like, yes, but I had an ugly dress on. And listen to what God said. Oh, my God. He said, you refused to give me glory because you had an ugly dress on. When I gave you thousands of dollars and gave you a place to live and took care of you and your kids and I blessed you beyond belief and you refused to walk up there and give me the glory. He said, I could have struck you dead right there like Herod. I was like, on my face, like, oh my God. I was like, God, I am so sorry. I mean, I didn't know what I did. And that's what I was telling the Lord. I was like, I am so sorry. I, I didn't see it like I wasn't giving him glory. I was so concerned about how I looked and my image in front of mankind. And you know what God told me? He said, you're going on global television again. And you better not ever get behind, refuse to get behind that camera again. He said, you get behind that camera, no matter what you look like, no matter what clothes you got on, or what your hair looks like. He said, I'm the one that gets the glory. You talking about repenting beyond belief. I was telling the Lord, I am so, so sorry. And let me tell you, bride, he put me to the test for a year. For a year. He made me get behind the camera in some of the most worst situations. First of all, he brought me low. He, you know, he stripped that pride to no end, boy. He brought me low. And one time I was interviewing the biggest interview I've had yet. Oh my gosh, I was so excited. It was this global minister and he was so well respected. And I could not wait to interview this man. The day that I was to interview him, I was homeless. I was not able to get a shower. Everything come against me like I don't know what from everywhere. I didn't have time to do nothing. I walked in there in that interview with my hair pulled up. And, uh, you know, I just threw a dress on. And he looked at me. He's like, what the world? And I told him, I said, I know, I'm sorry. I said, you just wouldn't believe the day that I've had. And listen, Brian, I walked up there on the platform to get behind the camera. And let me tell you what God did. I walked up there on the platform and the Holy Spirit went like this. Bam! He said, this is what I'm talking about. It's not about you. It's about me. And let me tell you what happened. When I sat down, and I mean, this was the big dog cameras. I sat down and the cameras come on and as soon as the interview started, whoosh, the fire of God hit that place. Let me tell you, oh, woo! It was the best interview I ever done up to that point. 
The Holy Ghost had his way. It was so powerful. I mean, it was the talk of the community. Like, that was such an awesome interview, man. I was like, to God be the glory. And the Lord showed me it wasn't about you anyway. It's not about how you look. It's about me and me getting the glory. So the Lord has done that, bride. That's what I mean about being vain. We have to do things to give him glory, not about us or luring the attraction to us. We have to decrease so that he can increase. You see what I mean? So when it comes to material things, we have to just make sure that it's not in our heart, that it hasn't overtaken us, that we live our life based upon our identity of material things. There are people that will not go um, somewhere, you know, like to do something based upon how they look or whatever. I mean, I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but when God sends you to do something, when you're in obedience, you have to obey him and put yourself back there. You obey him at all costs, bride. Listen, I was with this minister one time, and she had an appointment to go somewhere to be a part of this meeting with a bunch of other people. And uh, she got a phone call, and she was late and whatever. And I said, hey, you know, we got to leave in an hour. And she goes, I'm not going. I need three hours to get dressed. I'm, I'm not going. I mean, refused to go to something she had already committed to. That is vain. We have to go. You have to work around. In other words, that's what I'm trying to say. You have to work around yourself to do obedience to God. One time I was riding down the road last year when I was on the road across America. Listen, y'all saw me with my hair up, no makeup, my, <laughs> my hair all blown out in the wind where I was in that car with the windows down and all this. When I had to show you the buffalo, how they were roaming in uh, Montana, you know, stuff like that. It's, um, in other words, it's not about us. It's about the glory given to the Lord. So that's what we mean by being vain. Okay, so let's go on down here. Philippians 4, 12 through 13. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. Do we, bride? Because listen, we are coming to the point in our country we're going to have to not be moved based upon the circumstances. If they shut the lights off, it doesn't affect us. If, if we have an earthquake, it doesn't affect us. If we have floods, it doesn't affect us. And what I mean is our salvation. We have to be strong like a tree planted by the water. We're not moved by circumstances. We're not moved by that. We're moved by the word of God. And then it says, I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty. Because if a famine comes on the land, we have to be willing to know how to fast at any time and how to let go at any time. Whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives us strength. Amen. Uh, compared to people in other countries, we are rich. We should be rich in good deeds and give to the needy. 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money for good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being willing to share with others. Listen, when you see people that are hoarders, people that just have four items of this and three items of this and this and this, that's hoarding. When there are people out there that just need that thing, hoarding is based off of a spirit of fear. I'm afraid I won't have this. I'm afraid of loss. Listen, our hands have to be literal conduits. We have to be willing to let it go. Let it go. Bless other people. 
You know, if we see somebody in need and they need a microwave and we have an extra microwave, give it to them. You know, I mean, if the Lord tells them, tells you to give it yours, give it. This is what the Lord is calling us to in 2018 is generous hearts. Because money is about to hit the church. The ministries that have been plowing and sowing and praying and believing and God's given all these promises. I've heard you. I've heard you, church. I've interviewed you. You ministers out there that have said, man... I worked the jail ministry and the Lord has given me visions to have a building for people that are coming out of prison and need somewhere to stay. You have great visions, church. This year, the money's being released. So the word that God is speaking this year is, are you going to let it go? Are you going to hoard it? I haven't had in so long. I've lived in lack for so long. So when I get that first thousand dollars, I am going to hoard it. I want it all. Well, and then here comes another 10000 Yeah, I'm going to hoard that too. I need that too. Okay, well then you get 100000 Yeah, I'm going to hoard that too. I need that too. And then you're just going to start getting fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter with your blessings. That's a stench in God's nostrils. Come on now. God wants to give you a 1000 He may want you to turn around and give it away. He may want you to bless this person and bless this person and bless this person. Let me tell you something. The reason the money is coming is so God can get the glory. He wants people, when they're being judged, because they're being misled. Not misled, but they're misleading the word to other people. When they're being judged during this judgment that's coming, they're going to see the prospering come over to the truth. They need to see what God will do with people that are conduits, not people that are going to hoard. Some people are going to be judged because they've hoarded. They've not heard the cries of God's poor. They have kept it all to their self and said, no, I want this. I'm selfish. You over there, stay over there. I'm not going to help you at all. In other words, they have shut the ear to the poor. God wants to use conduits, people like this, that he can give money to a thousand, ten thousand, and that will listen to him and God say, when we, let's say we get a thousand dollars. Okay, Lord, you gave me a thousand dollars, now what do you want me to do with it? Okay, instead of saying, yes, I'm going to go put this in my bank account, all right. No, what do you want to do with it, Lord? And then the Lord's going to say, I need you to send 500 this ministry 300 this ministry, go over here to the children's home and donate this and do this. The next day, $10,000? Woo! Oh, Lord, that's so tempting. Okay, so now you got $10,000. All right, Lord, what do you want me to do with this $10,000? And the Lord will say, do this and do that. That's what he wants, bride. That is what he wants to do with us when he gives us money. He wants us to be conduits and let it go. So, Lord, I pray for all the bride that we will do that, that we will be conduits, and that we will stay in humility, okay? That we will stay in humility because, listen, I believe this with all my heart, bride. The judgment that's coming this year is going to be like a two-fold thing that happens. You're going to have the judgment where people will be hurting. There will be loss of life. I mean, people, it's going to be serious what's about to happen. Then you have over here where the Christians are like the children of Israel in a bubble. And they're going to be blessed beyond belief. And they can't be like, yeah, the promise is coming in. You know, and like while these are over here suffering, we got to be willing to at the same time that we're elevating and being blessed to lift up the others. Come on, repent and turn. Instead of like, you dummy, and pushing them down. You see what I'm saying? Because what they're going to do over here is be exposed. They're going to be exposed for the corruption they've been doing, the lies they've been doing. They're going to be exposed. And when they are, we cannot just go squash like this. We got to be like, thank you, Lord, you know, like this, so we can build them and build them back up for restoration. 
walking in humility, basically. So I believe that today's idol is so appropriate for today's times about possessions. Because when we did our prayer this morning, we did talk about how uh, our consumption in our country has gotten so out of control where we have run up such debt because we've been so addicted to material things. God deliver us of that. Help us to be thankful for having the things we need and not lusting so much for power and, and lusting for prestige and, and lusting for how we look and to be better than the Joneses and, and to not think that we're uh, right with God or worthy of the kingdom because we don't have this big, beautiful, gorgeous house. Basing our identity on material things. Basing our identity upon things. We cannot do that, Brad. We base our identity upon our hearts and upon Him. Who He is in us. Okay, let's keep going. Acts 2.45 They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. What? No, they did not in the book of Acts. What if we did that today, Brian? Yes. They sold everything they had and put it in one big pool of money. And then whoever needed this got this, got this, instead of a hoarding, which is what we do today. We hoard a lot of our stuff. This is the time for us to release, let go, give away. Just start giving away stuff. You know, and then if you want to be a generous person, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, how? show me who I can be generous with. Show me how I can get rid of this and bless other people. You can never outgive God, bride. Okay, set your mind on Christ. Colossians 3, 2 through 3. Set your affections on things above, not on the things of this earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. Really? How can you be dead when your identity is in worldly things? If our pride rises up because we have things, that's not dead. Your flesh is alive. When you're dead, you're like, I just need what I need. I've got a job to do. Now, of course, believe me, I'm not knocking prosperity. Because the Lord, for me personally, the Lord told me, you're going to get the house you have, ever, best house you've ever dreamed of in your life. It is coming. I know it's coming. So when it comes, I just pray, Lord, please don't let the material possessions have me. Please. I want to always recognize, Lord, that it's not mine. They're yours. All of our material things are the Lord's. Remember, Bride, I told you the story of how God gave me a house when my kids were teenagers. He gave me a brand new home. I was able to pick everything out. And then they called the bank. You can't have this house. You didn't get approved. You got to move out. I'm like, I went into the living room crying out to the Lord. Lord, please don't do this to my children. I've got to have a home. But you know what, Lord? I'm going to praise you anyway. Come on. I went into praise. After I come out of praise and rejoicing in the Lord in the midst of my storm, I went back there in my bedroom, got a phone call. On my phone, instead of saying unknown, it said unidentified. Unidentified. I said, hello. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. So I'm hearing this woman sing. I'm like, hello. And then I caught on to you as an angel singing to me. She got so loud and sang the whole entire song. And I sat there with the presence of the Lord all over me. I was weeping. Oh, I was weeping like there is no tomorrow. And then afterwards, she hung up. I'm like, wow, an angel just called and sang to me. And next thing you know, ring, ring, hello. Ma'am, we don't know what happened. This is the bank. We don't know what happened, ma'am, but not only did you get approved, but now your house note is cheaper. 
congratulations, you on a new home. I was like, yes, thank you, Jesus. I was so excited. My kids and I had our brand new home. We got to design it and everything. But guess what? A year later, June, I want your house back. Sell your furniture. I mean, sell your house and give away everything you got and follow me to Bible college. Leave it all. I was like, what? I was like, Lord, you just gave me this house. You just gave me this beautiful home. I'm 36 years old. How could you call me to Bible college? He said, give away everything you got and follow me. Bam. There it was. Two months later, all my material things gone. Just the Lord told me, give it all away. And I did. I followed him and man, did God bless me beyond belief in Bible college. So the Lord will test you, bride. This year, because the blessings are coming to the bride, be willing to let it go and release it so God can use you to bless others that are suffering in this world. Okay? All right, so let's keep on going. 2 Peter 1 through 3. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. Proverbs eleven twenty eight, He that trusteth in his riches shall fail, but righteousness shall flourish as a branch. Psalm 119, 36-37 Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my heart away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Yes, Lord. According to your word. 1 Timothy 6, 6-8 Of course, godliness with contentment does bring a great profit. Nothing to this world we bring. From it we take nothing. With food to eat and clothes to wear, content we are in everything. Lord, help your bride to be content in everything. Help us, Lord, to be thankful for what we have, Lord. And to not always have this desire to give me more, more, more. And I won't be happy until I have this and have this. Listen, bride, this is a revelation that the Lord gave me. I used to be so worried about tomorrow. Lord, I'll be so happy when I have a place to live. This is when I was homeless. I'll be so happy, Lord, when I get a place to live. Lord, I'll be so happy when I get a car. Oh, I'll be so happy, Lord, when I get married one day. Lord, I'll be so happy when I have a lot of money. See how we go in these cycles? And the Lord was like, you be happy today where you're at. And I repented, listen. Because then I started saying, wait a minute. Lord, oh, thank you so much, Lord, that you supernaturally fed me today. Thank you, Lord, that you had someone give me a car. Thank you, Lord, that you supernaturally do all these things for me. And thank you, Lord, that you uh, are with me and you are my best friend. I thank you, Lord, for the life that I have. And I am content with you today. And let me tell you, Brad, ever since then, I've been enjoying the day. Enjoying now. I serve a God of the now. He's the one that holds tomorrow. He's going to know if there's a house over there, if there's a car over there, or what's going to happen over there. That is God over there. When we're Christians, we walk a very narrow path. It's called a path of obedience. Our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Lord, what should I do? Where does my obedience take me today, Lord? Child, this morning, you're to wake up and you're to prepare to travel the entire country on $20, bald tires, and a rod knocking in your 2004 car. Did I hear you right, Lord? Did you say travel the entire nation?
nation with nothing, Lord? Yes, you heard me right. Okay, Lord, that sounds like the impossible, but I will do it, Lord. And then when the time came a few weeks later, I took off. And I left with just that. And God came through. Living in obedience. Lord, how can I serve you today? How can I please you today, Lord? One time, well, I think it was a few weeks ago. You know, my car had quit working. And I asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do with my car? This is all on the same day, Brian. This is how the Lord does. He's so amazing. So I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do with my car? So this woman knocks on the door. So I go to the door. I'm like, yes. And she says, hey, your neighbor over here said that your car, something's wrong with your car, and I'm looking for a car just like yours for parts. So uh, how much will you sell me that car for? So I said $1,000. Because I was like, man, I need the money so bad. So I said $1,000. And then she says, oh, okay, well, let me call my husband. And she sits down on my couch and she's like, man, I love this living room furniture. My daughter, or this couch, my daughter needs a couch so bad, you know, because she's a single parent and whatnot. And God spoke, speaks to him and says, give her your living room furniture. I said, ma'am, the Lord told me to just give you my living room furniture. She's like, what? You're kidding. And so she's on the phone with her husband to get the $1,000. And the Lord speaks to me again. Give her your car. And I listen, I'm arguing with him. I'm arguing with him. I'm like, Lord, you know I need that $1,000. And he said, freely you have received, freely give. I was like, ouch. So I said, ma'am, the Lord told me to give you that car. What? You're kidding. Why would he tell you to do that? I said, that's how he does me. I said, he told me, freely you have received, freely give. And so anyways, the point is, we have to have this kind of heart to give. Give it away. Freely you have received, freely give. So, let's see here. Let's go to Psalm 37, 3 through 5. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. He will act. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. Brian, what do you think that means? I love him with all my heart, all my mind, and all my soul. Which means, Lord, you can have it all. Everything I have is yours. Even myself, my family, and my material things. They're all yours, Lord. All right, Brad, I think we're about finished today. Um... I pray that you understand this idol today and why we had to cast it down in our nation. Because we are coming upon the time when we're going to have to be conduits in a greater level. And we need to be generous givers to bless others and to bless the poor. We have neglected the poor, bride. We have caused them to latch on to the beast and latch on to the government because we've not been there for them in the community. I'm talking about as a whole. And believe me, Bride, I want to say this to my friends out there. When I say this, I'm not even thinking of one church. So please don't take offense to what I say. What I'm saying is the nation as a whole. And of course, I'm saying this based upon my travels all over the country and what the Lord has revealed to me. Okay? So, what we have done is we have quit loving our neighbor. We have quit working in our communities help in our communities and so the neighbor that has been secluded by social media and all this they have turned to the government and there's a lot of people now that get disability and they're not even disabled they will fake it just so they can have money that to fulfill their need insurance you see what i'm saying 
So instead of us being a community to lift up, you know, a church to lift up the community, we have allowed them to latch onto the beast. Well, see, now with Trump in office, one of the reasons they're so mad is because Trump is doing this and cutting off that umbilical cord, and it's making a lot of people nervous. I need the beast. I need it to take care of me. No, we need Jesus Christ. He is the one. He, there, he will have no other idols before him. And that is actually going to be an idol. Codependency upon the government. Codependency upon that beast. God's going to break it because, listen, Brian, what is coming down the pike, you cannot be dependent upon anything except God. Because if natural disaster happens, if all the lights go out in our country, if a terrorist attack happens, if a natural disaster happens, he needs an army. Come on now. That is not going to be moved by all this. He's going to need an army that will rise up and say, Okay, Lord, the lights are out. What do you want me to do? I am standing in attention. What do you have to say? Where we talk to God and we're not so distracted by all the things that are happening around us. Okay? This is why I've been trying to make you aware, Bride 2, of the ecumenical movement. It is important to know this. Why? Because it's the greatest deception of all mankind happening. And it's happening right now. It is causing people to get blinded because they're trusting in the masses. A lot of the people we have trusted for years because they've been on TBN and everything else is falling off the cliff. They're falling. And then there's people just following them right off the cliff. We need to be wise. We need to be alert. Sober and alert is the word for the hour. Okay? So, all right, bride. Hey, I love you and God bless you. And also, I wanted to pray for President Trump. Let's pray for him right now. With all this that's going on in our country right now, uh, let's pray for him. Let's pray for President Trump. Let's pray for what's happening in our country right now and ask God to do a miracle. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we just come to you together as a nation. And Lord, we lift up President Trump to you, Lord. Lord, we know that you put him in office for such a time as this. Lord, we know that you have your hand upon him, Lord. And we're asking you, God, to send angels to him, Lord, to minister to him like you did Jesus in the garden. Lord, have your angels minister to him, Lord, and give him peace right now. And Lord, give him supernatural wisdom. Give him supernatural wisdom, Lord. Just like you did, David. Lord, I think about the story we did yesterday in our Bible study. When David would run off and then they, he would always come back and they'd say, the man had such wisdom out there. Lord, we pray that you do that for President Trump. Give him wisdom, Lord. We pray, Lord, that the ones that speak into his ear, that they will speak wise things. That will be for the kingdom of God that is speaking into his ears, Lord. Lord, help our country right now that is so divided. Help the church to rise up in this hour, Lord, knowing her identity in Christ, knowing who she, who she is in you, Lord, being in the army of the living God, not weak, but a strong bride that will not fall into this deception that's taking place right now, Lord, but their eyes will be wide open. And Lord, I pray too that you help President Trump's family. Lord, put angels around them to protect them, Lord. Put angels around President Trump to protect him. And Lord, give him strength in his body. Heal his body, Lord. Give him sweet sleep, Lord. Even though he only gets three or four night, hours of sleep a night, let his body be just completely refreshed during the time that he does have to sleep, Lord. Lord, continue to give our president favor across the world. Lord, give him favor because he represents us. He represents the United States of America. And Lord, we thank you for our president. And we give you praise and glory for giving him to it, 
to us, Lord, to fight for our country. And, Lord, with this deal that's going on right now with the shutdown of the country, Lord, we know that you're in control, Lord, but we pray that the kingdom of heaven would be advanced in this country and that that will would be accomplished in this situation, Lord. I'm not going to pray to stop what you're doing, but I just pray that your will will be done, Lord. We know that a lot of things are going to happen in our country this year because you're moving in such a mighty way, Lord. And we just thank you and give you praise. What I pray for, Lord, is that the church, no matter the true bride, no matter what circumstances are happening, whether it's natural disasters or the government or anything else in the earth, that they would have their tree planted by the waters and that they would know who they are and ready to engage with you at any time and to be used by you, Lord, in the midst of it all. And that they would be ambassadors in the earth of your glory, Lord. We thank you and give you praise, Lord, for what you're doing in the United States. We love you, Lord, and thank you for choosing us to live here in the last days, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be good stewards of our material things. Lord, this has been our idol that we're casting down before your eyes today. And Lord, you have definitely spoken to us, Lord, that the material things cannot have us. It cannot rule us. It cannot uh, control what we do in ministry. Our material things cannot hold us back from obeying you, Lord. Help us all to have hearts to give away and to release and to give back to you whatever you want, Lord. Help us to have ears to hear your voice when you say, Hey, I want you to give that car over here and give this furniture over here and give your house over here and give your ministry over here. And, and I want you to go over here and give these people $5 and pay for their lunch at McDonald's and all this, Lord, but that we would hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, Lord. I pray, Lord, that this church, this revival that's coming, that this will be a part of the revival would be generosity. That we would love the poor. That we would flood the nursing homes and flood the homeless on the streets and flood the prisons and the jails. And that we would go to people that feel abandoned and that we would help the less fortunate, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have compassion in our hearts and to not be bound by material things. Lord, sometimes we'll have material things and we will not go to the poor because we don't want them touching our nice things. We don't want their stink on our nice things. Lord, help us to love people through that stink. You did us. You loved us in our stench. Lord, help us to not be so prideful that we feel like we own to know that you are the one that gives and you are the one that takes away. And that we realize, Lord, that all we have is yours. All of it. Our next breath, our family, our houses, our cars, our furniture, anything, our checkbooks, it's all yours. And Lord, I pray for the church about tithing. I pray, Lord, that that's the minimum that we do is that we tithe to the church 10%. And that we would do that off the top without even thinking like this is just a part of our life that we give that 10%. There's no questioning. That's got to go. And then the other, the offering that our ears would be open, the offering can be anything. Give away furniture, clothes, cars, whatever. And Lord, I pray that you help us to uh, see with our eyes people that are hurting. And that we would have compassion in our hearts to think, how can we help them? Because Lord, we know that if you put them in front of our eyes, this means there's something we have to do. 
And so we thank you and give you praise, Lord. Change us, Lord. Thank you for correcting us today, Lord. Molding and making us into the men and women of God that you have designed for us before time began. Thank you, Lord, for rising up your army. We give you glory and praise today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, bright, I'm on fire. Woo! Listen, we have learned lately how they're trying to take the word away from us. Never, ever treasure the word of God, bride. We may not have it much longer. Treasure it. And I encourage you, get off the technology. This, get off of it. Let it go. We need to go back to the written word and treasure this that was made on natural trees, okay? Because this may end up being manipulated or anything, you know. Our dependency needs to be on the natural. You see what I'm saying? All right, Brian, well, God bless you. I pray y'all have a good day today. Um, I guess that's about it. Love you, Brian. Y'all have a good day.